Good morning, everyone. Good to see all of you today. It is a beautiful day that God has given us, and it's great to be able to be here and worship God together. Uh, this week uh, starts uh, the season of the year that I am most excited about, autumn. I love the fall of the year, and there are many reasons why. Uh, how many others really like autumn yeah it's awesome right let me just hear some of the reasons you like autumn just raise your hand and uh, reasons you might like this time of the year that that's on my list apple picking cooler weather yeah the weather cools down which is really nice yes the tree foliage a beautiful changing of the leaves yes anyone else <laughs> yeah sometimes it's some reason we always get back to our lawns uh this summer it's been a theme for the whole summer uh, our lawns which we won't have to worry about uh as the fall begins back to school yes and not just for the kids but for all of us right we're all we all go back to school in one way or another uh in the autumn and i actually love school myself nelson Oh, going hiking. I thought you were going to say the Mets clinching and winning the playoff again in the World City. Yeah, yeah. You missed an opportunity there, uh, uh, Nelson. Uh, but the, yes, the fall classic, right? Yes. Yeah, it feels so much nicer, right? And even today is a really nice day. Yes. Yes, it does. And so um, uh, we, our grandchildren are here today, you might have noticed. And uh, for Tyler, he's the youngest one. He, his favorite holiday is Halloween for some reason, which I know it's scary that it is, but, uh, but it is. But yeah, you got Halloween and then Thanksgiving. And also you have the prelude to Christmas, which seems to get earlier and earlier every year. Um, and I'm surprised no one said football. Uh, but that's one of the reasons that I like this time of the year. Uh, and also uh, celebrating birthdays, especially uh, the, uh, celebrating a celebrity birthday, which is coming up this week. And that is Bilbo Baggins on the 22nd, the Hobbit Bilbo Baggins, September 22nd, the first day of fall. So I know all of you have great parties planned for that uh, with like five meals a day. And uh, yeah, others, that's just a blank stare right now. Who in the world is Bilbo Baggins? But um, yeah, uh, but I love the, the fall of the year and I'm surprised no one said pumpkin spice, but pleasantly surprised that no one said uh, pumpkin spice. Um, I love the cooler weather, the fall colors, the leaves, the apple picking, uh, football. Actually, movies are more dramatic and more serious uh, in the fall as they get ready for uh, Oscar season. I personally love school. Uh, there are the holidays like All's, All's Hallows Eve and Thanksgiving, the countdown toward uh, Christmas. There's just a lot of reasons. Um, and also, in this fall here, we are starting a fall series. We're starting a new series, which we're calling Revive. And it's going to be focused on uh, the themes uh, that are found in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, a little bit of Haggai, but primarily in Ezra and Nehemiah. And so we're going to be looking at re reviving and God reviving and 
specifically reviving community. You know, all summer, we really focused on transformation. And much of that spiritual transformation that we focused on was individual transformation, working on our individual lives. But now we want to broaden that a bit and talk about uh, transforming community and transforming togetherness and um, uh, that type of thing. And so we'll be starting today on our series called Revive. We're going to be looking at the book of Ezra. If you haven't read Ezra before, I invite you to read Ezra and Nehemiah. Many, many scholars believe that Ezra and Nehemiah were actually one book, one scroll, and then divided into uh, two books. They're actually one book in the Hebrew Bible, and so that's why they feel uh, that way. And they do flow one right into the other. And so these are the books that we're going to be uh, looking on, looking at. Now, in these books, you'll find uh, many important things. You'll find the rebuilding of the temple. You'll find the rebuilding of Jerusalem and specifically the wall of Jerusalem. You'll see exiles that return to the city of Jerusalem. You'll also find a second Moses and a second Exodus and the second temple and the second Jerusalem or Zion. And it's a, and their books really full of second chances. And don't we all love second chances, right? Yeah, I know I love second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And I need a lot of chances in my life. And so I really love the opportunity to have a new start, a new beginning. And I love the idea of reviving and being revived because I need that in my own spiritual life. And so we're going to be looking at uh, these books. And I just want to give you uh, one little note here. These are historical books. And so you're going to be reading history, but don't be afraid, okay, because it's lively and it's good and there's great themes. But one of the things about reading history is you're reading narrative. And so we have to be careful not to draw too many direct um, commands from narrative. They were commands to the people back then, but we have to then try to determine if they're commands for us today. Um, but there's great examples, and that's primarily what we're going to be looking at, the examples. And the main thing that I want us to look at in all of this is I want us to look at God, and I want us to see God. Because through Ezra and Nehemiah, the fact is God does the reviving. God revives his people. I was listening to a leadership class even just recently. And uh, the person that was speaking said uh, they wanted to talk about Ezra and Nehemiah, specifically Nehemiah. And he says, do you know where revival starts? And in my mind, I was thinking, God, the Lord, of course. And he goes, right here in this room with you leaders. That's where revival starts. And I was like, <laughs> let's, let's reread this, okay? Let's take a look at the beginning of Ezra here. <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard that. I'm sure that I probably said that in the past. I probably used that in that way. And I apologize. Um, but revival doesn't start with us. We respond to God and the greatness of God and the wonder of God and the glory of God and the fact that God is always a God of revival. He always revives. And that's what you'll see here in this story. It's the story of people that were in exile. They were in exile because they had messed up and God sent them into exile. And God said, you're gonna be there at least 70 years for most of them, or a generation, two generations. 
And then he decides it's time. It's time to revive my people. It's time to bring them back to the promised land. It's time to bring them back to Jerusalem. It's time to rebuild the temple. It's time to rebuild the walls of the city of Jerusalem. And God decided all of that. God decided to revive his people. While they were in ex exile, it was a hard time for them. It was difficult. I mean, they were, they were captives of war in a strange land. And they, they, they sang songs, but you'll look in the literature and you'll even see that most of the songs that they sang were laments, laments over their situation. You know what we call laments today? The blues, the blues. They were singing the blues. And actually one of my favorite songs in the world is a song that was, it's sung in popular times, sung by Linda Ronstadt. Uh, for example, many other people, but it goes something like this. Okay. By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down, and there we wept, as we remembered Zion, for the wicked carried us away into captivity, required from us a song. How can we sing King Alpha's song in a strange land? Got the reaper going in here. This is nice. I'm not done. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You might not want to clap yet, okay? Oh, just hold on to that. So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight over Zion. That's it. Okay. But that's a blues song. That's a lament. And they were lamenting the fact that they weren't in Jerusalem. They weren't in Zion. They're sitting here by the river Kabar in Babylon, and that's where they have to sing. And they had to do that for decade after decade after decade, and then finally God said, it's time. It's time to revive my people. God decides when it's time for revival, and then God gets about revival. Even in this period of time, the prophet Ezekiel wrote, and he wrote one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's Ezekiel 37, and it's the story of the Valley of Dry Bones. And this story really is a prelude to what we're going to be talking about in Ezra and Nehemiah says in Ezekiel 37, the hand of the Lord came upon me. And I want you to, to hear how many times the Lord or God is mentioned in these short 14 verses. And I've changed the pronouns that refer to God and just say God or the Lord right there. Okay, it says, the hand of the Lord came upon me. That's Ezekiel. And he brought me, Ezekiel, by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And so you got to picture that. He brings it to a valley that's just full of bones. The Lord led me all around them. There were very many living in the valley, and they were very dry, lying in the valley. They were very dry. The Lord said to me, mortal, can these bones live? I answered, or Lord God, you know. Then the Lord said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus says the Lord to these bones, I, the Lord God, will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I, the Lord God, will lay sinews in on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied and as I had been commanded and I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bones. I looked and there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. And then the Lord said to me, prophesy to the breath, uh, prophesy mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as the Lord commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet as a vast multitude. Then the Lord said to me, mortals, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, the bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says, and I want you to see even in these last three verses here, how many times the Lord or God is mentioned. Thus saith the Lord God and I, the Lord, am going to open the graves that I, the Lord, will bring you up from the graves. Oh, my people, I, the Lord, will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And with I, the Lord, open your graves. And I, the Lord, bring you up from your graves. Oh, my people, I, the Lord, will put my spirit within you. And you shall live. And I, the Lord, will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, is spoken and will act, says the Lord. And you cannot escape the fact that God is reviving his people. That's all about God. Ezekiel was there and Ezekiel prophesied, but it was God that told him what to do. And it was God that was behind everything that happened. God brings dry bones to life. That's who he is. He revives his people. When you go back through these verses, the Lord or the Lord God is used 29 times, 29 times in 14 verses and 10 times in the last three verses. That's amazing. For many of us, this season that we've had in our lives has been a time of exile. It has been a time in which we haven't been together in community. It's been a time of separation from each other. And unfortunately for some of us, a separation from God. And separations can be tough, both from community and from God. And therefore we might feel like dry bones, we might feel like uh, our bones are a bit brittle. And without community, it's easy to feel that. Because instead of feeling together, and instead of feeling alive, and instead of feeling like we have a purpose, and instead of feeling the spirit of, the, of God, we could feel isolated. We could grow independent, even in an unspiritual way. We could become critical. We could become stagnant and comfortable. I mean, let's face it, Zoom church was easy. I mean, it just is easy. You don't even have to brush your teeth to come to Zoom church, you know? For goodness sake, you didn't roll out of bed in your pajamas and you're there. It's just so easy. You can grow so comfortable doing that. And maybe we've developed some of that. Maybe we've developed some comfort and some ease. And we have some brittle, dry bones. And I would just say, God, revive us. Because that's where it begins. It all begins with God. God, revive us with your spirit. Lord God, spirit of the Lord, come and revive us. And that's what you see here in Ezekiel, but not just in Ezekiel. You'll see this throughout our study of Ezra and Nehemiah as well. 
In Ezra chapter 1, the same idea is expressed. Ezra, the teacher, he doesn't actually appear until chapter 7, but at the beginning of it, people are coming from exile, and this is the second exodus, and in Ezra chapter 1, it's basically now 50 years or one generation plus past when the temple was destroyed, and I want you to just read chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, and I want you to see again, I want you to focus in on who causes revival? God does. The Lord and the Spirit of the Lord. And there's a beautiful, beautiful image that is used here in Ezra chapter 1. I just want you to grab this image, and I want you to think about this image during the week. It says, in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia. So now Cyrus is king of Persia, and that's where the exiles are. In order that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. This is a fulfillment of prophecy. And here comes the image. The Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia. The Lord stirred up the spirit. And that's who the Lord is. The Lord revives. Right now, the Lord is in his heavens with his heavenly host. And you know what he's doing? He's stirring things up. Because that's who the Lord is. And he will stir. You know what he'll do to stir up his people? He'll start outside his people if he has to. He didn't even go to his people at this point. He's stirring up the king of Persia, Cyrus, who doesn't even believe in Yahweh as God, who worships other gods. But that's where he'll start if he has to start there. Because God is a God who stirs things up. God is a God who revives. And you know what the king of Persia did? The Persia, king of Persia responded. He felt God stirring things up. And so it says he sent a herald throughout all of his kingdom and also in a written edict declaring. You know, he sends out a herald and the herald says this. Thus says the king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem in Judah. Here's this, this king of Persia, not the king of Judah, not the king of Israel. He says, the Lord has stirred me to rebuild the temple. Right. And here comes an edict to the whole nation. We're going to do this. Any of those among you who are of his people, may their God be with them, are now permitted to go up to Jerusalem and Judah and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. And on all the survivors in whatever place they reside, be assisted by the people of their place with silver and gold and goods with animals beside free will offerings for the house of God in Jerusalem. This is Cyrus starting this because God moved him, because God stirred him. Revival begins with God, and revival can happen in any way. In this case, with the king of Persia, revival happens. That's how God ended up reviving his people and ended up rebuilding the temple was through the king of Persia. I love this, this little line right here. It's where it says, Cyrus of Persia sent a herald throughout all his kingdom. You know what another word for herald is in the Bible? Preacher. He sent a preacher. This is the king of Persia sending a preacher, proclaiming the news of the king. And, and this is why Cyrus is often called the, the Messiah in reference to Jesus, the coming Messiah, because he preaches good news and sends out good news. In verse 5, 
You got to pay attention because that phrase happens again in verse five about God stirring. The heads of the families of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred, got ready to go up and rebuild the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors aided them with silver vessels, with gold, with goods, with animals, and with valuable gifts beside all that was freely given. God stirs. That's what he does. And he will stir wherever he needs to begin to start revival happening. I pray for all of us that we'll open up our hearts to God stirring us, to God working in us. And I love this image. I just picture God with this heavenly host looking around and just with this giant, giant spoon in his hand saying, where am I going to stir next? Oh, let me stir up the Hudson Valley. That looks like a good place to stir. Oh, let me stir that family group in the Hudson Valley. That looks like a good place to stir. But that's what God does. He moves hearts. Even the hearts of kings, God moves them. And God has always worked through revival. And he's always worked through stirring things up. When you look throughout the history of the of the Bible, you have the Exodus, you have the Judges cycle, you have the prophets of Israel, you have here the exile and the return, you have the arrival of Jesus and his kingdom, you have the Holy Spirit and Acts, and then when you look at church history, you have the stirring of the Reformation, the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, the Cane Ridge Revival and the Restoration Movement, the Jesus Movement, the Discipling Movement, and on and on it goes, and where will God stir this week? Where will God stir this fall? I pray that God will stir us and that we will see that revival begins with the Lord. Life is cyclical. There are times of rain and there are times of drought. There are times of feast and there are times of famine, times of plenty and times of want. There are times of blessing and times of cursing. And there are mountains and there are valleys. And sometimes the valleys contain dry bones. And I'm sure that, would, that most of us would agree that for our community, our people, through COVID, we experienced drought and famine and a time of dry bones. Maybe you feel like you did okay individually, or maybe you did okay as a family, but I'm asking how do we do as a community and how have we done as a community? Because the fact is, is that we aren't just Christians alone. We aren't just Christians as individuals. We're not just disciples of Jesus as a family. And if you did great as an individual or a family, amen. But what are we now bringing to the community? You know, it's been an interesting time. And I think it's a time now for us to look up and see God. And let's look up and see God is stirring us. In chapter two, the community is stirred to action. And God stirs them and they respond. In chapter two, I'm not going to read it now. And I'll ask you to read it this week, but be prepared. Because it lists a group of families and it lists a bunch of names and it lists a bunch of numbers. It's not the most riveting reading that you're going to have this week, but it's purposeful. In verse one, it says, now these were the people of the province who came from the, those captive exiles who King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had carried captive to Babylonia. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, all to their own towns. And then he lists all the families that were involved. And he lists the number of people in those families involved. It might sound like real boring reading, okay? Names and numbers. But let me ask you this. 
if your name and your family were in that list, that'd be pretty riveting, right? That'd be pretty exciting. That your name and your family has been written down for the ages that we took part in this revival. Well, that's what I'm asking of all of us right now. Will your name and the name of your family and whatever number follows that be part of this revival, be part of reviving this community? I think if we knew that our names were going to be written in the Bible, I think we'd make sure that we were part of it. What about our names being written in heaven? And what about just the fact that it's the right thing to do? It's just the right thing to be involved in rebuilding community. You know, the text names names. And community is about names. It's about families. It's about people. It's about people who are involved. And it says, these are the families that made up the community of those who rebuilt the temple. Well, if we were to come up with a list, these are the names of the family who rebuilt our community in the Hudson Valley. Would our names be on that list? It's time to rebuild. It's time to revive community. God wants that to happen. God is stirring. Will we be part of it? The Lord God revives his people. When we think about God reviving our community this autumn, this fall, let's look to the Lord God for inspiration. He is stirring his people for revival. He wants us to be revived. Let's allow him to work in our lives in order for revival to happen. And all this week, all week long, I would ask you to do one thing. Okay, two things. I'll ask you to do two things. <laughs> Number one, go ahead and read the next few chapters. So we looked at one and two today. So look at three through six, I think it is, for next week. Um, but here's the main thing I want you to think about. I want you to cling to that image of God stirring his people. And I want you to think about it every morning, every time at noon when you eat, and when you have your evening meal, and before you go to bed. So at least four times a day, I want you to think about God stirring his people and just look up to God and say, God, stir me. Amen.